Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, a show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for a little bit of pop culture as it is finally time for our Black Widow review. It's taken us a while to get to this. Uh, circumstances have forced us to keep pushing this back and back and back, but uh, here we are, uh, about a month later, finally recording our Black Widow podcast that a few of you have been wondering, hey, what the fuck's your Black Widow podcast? Well, here it is, finally, motherfucker. Uh, joining me today, Kevin Miller, to do Black Widow. How the heck are you, Kevin? Hey, good. Good to be back. All right, so we've been waiting so long. Let's just fucking get right into it. Uh, Marvel's The Black Widow. Spoiler alert off the top, even though everyone's already seen it nine times, I'm guessing. Uh, Not available yet on Disney for free, on Disney Plus for free. So if you watched on Disney Plus, you had to cough up the 30 bucks or whatever for it to get the premiere access. Uh, If not, you could have gone to the movie theater to see it. Which some people Maybe. did. I, I know. Uh, I know. Craig, did you go and see it in the theaters? How did you watch this? Uh, I did it on the Disney Plus. I, I it's the most I've ever paid for a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I did too. But I, I, I coughed it up. Uh, I, I coughed up for the plus. It's just so convenient, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, and we can get into this on a on a podcast because this is a whole other hour and a half long podcast as to whether or not <laughs> the uh, movie theater industry uh, might be dead. <laughs> but uh, we'll uh, only time will tell on that one, and we'll wait and see. Um, so. Black Widow. Let's go through some of the production on this one. This ended up being the 24th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is the first Marvel movie that we have seen since the pandemic hit back in the early 2020. So we went a full year without any Marvel content. And now we have had the TV series, the TV series I, if you will, uh, the three of them. And then Black Widow. I can't remember. Did Black Widow come out before? It came out before Loki, right? It came but out during Loki. During Loki, okay. So it came and, out. And with, the the, the yeah. contrast is something I will want to talk about. Yeah, because it, it was supposed to come out before all of. Actually, no, because it was supposed to be. So Spider-Man: Far From Home was the last um, was the last go around for Phase Three. And then Phase 4, if I remember correctly, was supposed to start with the Falcon and Winter Soldier series on Disney+. Plus. And oh, everything changed. Then, like, yeah, and then, Black, and then Black Widow was supposed to come out. And then we were supposed to get WandaVision. And then Loki. And then What If and Shang-Chi, etc., etc. But, like, the, the order was supposed to be Falcon and Winter Soldier, Black Widow, and then blah, blah, blah. And the order we got was WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier... Loki slash Black Widow at the same time, apparently, because I'm all, you know, muddled up in the head, and then here we are. So Black Widow, uh, but Black Widow is the first big feature-length film to come out. It takes place, chronologically-wise, after Civil War, but before Infinity War, right? Yes. Yes. So if you're doing a, if you're doing a Marvel cinematic, and they actually have this in... Uh, if they, they actually have this on Disney Plus, it's actually quite convenient. Uh, is they have it in chronological order now, so they have it starting with uh, Captain America: yeah, First thought... First Avenger, and then working its way up. That's that's pretty fun on the old Disney platform there. Yeah. So this uh, the, the, this starts, I think, directly after uh, Civil War. I mean, yeah. You know, part flashback scene, uh, you know, pre credits uh, at the top of the movie, but. Uh, it starts with our Scarlett Johansson as adult uh, Black Widow on the run post Sokovia Accords. Mm-hmm. Um, she hasn't quite met up with call- Cap yet. And- mm-hmm. Exactly. And just to call back a little bit, um, this came out two days after the fifth episode of Loki. Okay. So yeah. Right before the finale of Loki. <laughs> so right, yeah, right before the finale of Loki. So it probably wasn't even the best thing Marvel uh, released that week. Hot shots. Hot take for me. Um, so here we go. Uh, Kevin Miller, Black Widow, off the top. How did you feel about this movie? Um, <laughs> it feels it feels late. It mm-hmm. feels like a movie that um, might have been better had we seen it post Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like when everyone was clamoring for a uh, Black Widow movie, but to just uh, introduce my sort of feelings about it in broad strokes, um, it feels like a uh, character 
uh, movie that we should have had a long time ago because there just haven't been enough female-led characters in the MCU, and the Black Widow's been a going concern since, I want to say, 2010, Iron Man 2. Um, so to come up with a feature film starring her 11 years later seems like a total afterthought. And was uh, not a good know. version of her on, in like, when you rewatch Iron Man 2, um, Scarlett Johansson, bad wigs, overly sexualized. Oh, sure. Just not great. <laughs> not a great depiction, but accurate, considering she was a character written by men for many years, and she was the, oh, yeah. the sexy accurate. Russian spy, right? Like, it just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the femme fatale Russian spy, right? Yeah, for sure. Totally. And, and I mean, I, I very much enjoy that as, you know, Scarlett Johansson has been in like, you know, a dozen Marvel movies since then or whatever. You know, they've gotten more. Let's, you know, have her in, you know, body armor and not a cat suit. And, you know, we're going to have her with like we're going to show her like breaking her nose and she doesn't like, you know, super hot. And like her ass isn't in every single scene. It's it's the yeah. Mass Effect of uh, yeah. Marvel movie, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, it, in my opinion, I, you know... There were a lot of bum shots in this movie, though. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of bum shots in this movie, though, if we're being honest. it's a, There's a lot of bum shots in this one. I, I didn't... Yeah. Uh, my, but, I guess I don't see that anymore. <laughs> fair. Oh, there were... there. Yeah, there's there's quite a few bum shots in this one, for sure. They, they, they definitely went Mass Effect 2 in this one. Okay, okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe when there's a dialogue wheel there and you can just kind of wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, it feels like a movie that came out too late because I feel like the structure of Marvel movies has improved since 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we are sort of still sticking with uh, what was working at the time. So, And also any sort of character development that might have happened in it was basically like oh but the character's dead though so <laughs> mm-hmm. so it, it felt like a sort of long commercial for uh yelena's character to yes me. Uh, it's to uh, set her up as the florence yeah florence mcpu they've been calling her uh yeah, yeah Flo- um yeah, Flor- Florence Pugh, uh, they they set her up as the new Black Widow. Like, I don't know if Scarlett Johansson's, like, done-done. She might be, because she's fucking trying to sue uh, Disney. So I'm glad we waited, because we got this hot take now. <laughs> as far as the thing is that she was, uh, um, you know, she she was... Oh God! What a what a thing yeah, that I is. Yeah, I learned thing from John Boyega. It's that you wait till you're done until you uh, start making shit for Disney. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Plus, uh, yeah, like Disney, like what what what's she suing? That that was fucking Snapple money. <laughs> I believe was the line that like that uh, was it. Sam Rockwell uses or whatever. It's like it's our Snapple money, right? Like it's nothing. <laughs> uh, it, it's not like whatever she's suing them for. Disney, even if they lose, they'll be like, sure. Here you go. Yeah. It's nonsense. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess in general, to get us uh, started, I uh, didn't love this movie. Um, oh. And uh, maybe it's because I had expectations built up in my head after being so hungry for an MCU movie. Uh, maybe it's because it came out in the middle of Loki, which, in my opinion, is one of the best things that MCU's ever done. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, the contrast was just so harsh to me. Because, like I said, this this movie I watched two days after I watched um, Journey into Madness, I think the episode was called. Journey into Mystery. Mm-hmm. Of Loki with, uh, you know, classic Loki and, uh, you know, at the end of time with uh, Alioth and all that. And I'm like, yeah, that was a rad as hell episode. And, uh, oh boy, can't wait for Black Widow. And uh, it just didn't do it for me, unfortunately. Uh, how do you feel? <laughs> I'm I'm upset right now, Miller. I'm 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 creased. I'm a little creased because I'm. I was hoping you would say you liked it, so that we could spark <laughs> a dialogue back and forth. I was hoping you could so that we could spark a dialogue. Yeah, but I'm 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 right there with you. I have this Black Widow movie ranked as a bottom tier movie for me. I have it on the same tier as Thor: The Dark World. Uh, I don't know what else belongs on that tier. Iron Man 3 for me, even though I know there's a subsection of comic book movie uh, Twitter out there that uh, has, has retroactively declared Iron Man 3 to be a good movie, and some would say masterpiece. I'm sorry that movie's long and a piece of crap. Um, American Pie is a shitty song, massively overrated. No song needs to be, no song ever, ever, ever needs to be 27 minutes long like American Pie is. 
it, 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 I don't understand the, I believe the phrase the children use these days is simping. I don't understand the simping for Florence Pugh out there. She was fun and charming in this film, but it wasn't like she was yeah. some massive fucking revelation in this film for me. Oh, yeah. I didn't, she I didn't understand it. Spot this movie. Yeah. So David Harbour, but uh, I don't know mm-hmm. that I am going to, you know, they're not going to be the, the new poster children of the MCU. Yeah. Like I'll get excited when she pops up in the, uh, in, in the Hawkeye series for sure. Yeah, I'll yeah, be more excited absolutely. for her than actual Hawkeye <laughs> when that yeah. series comes out. Well, but sure, right. Horton a storm. <laughs> this movie is bad. It, it, it's, it's all over the place. It has insane third act problems. Like the third act in this movie is dreadful, uh, dreadful. We could do a whole review of this movie and then come back for another hour and a half oh. where we just talk about that third act. <laughs> yeah. The third act to me, the, the movie that this is most likely it, it I mean, it, to me, it remind it reminds me a little bit in terms of they in terms of just taking a massive veer into like like there's a specific moment where something happens where this movie is absolutely fucked much like in, I, i've come on and the original suicide squad movie the, the 2016 david ayer one not the one we're going to review uh, hopefully next week on the podcast not the james gunn one the 2016 one that movie it's like 26 percent on rotten tomatoes it does not deserve 26 percent on rotten tomatoes but it's not a good movie and that movie has a very specific moment where that movie is absolutely fucked the first 45 minutes of that movie are great yeah. Uh, of of the and yeah. it is a fun Suicide Squad movie. The second they go to get on the plane, the second they are sitting on the plane and they Katana shows up, yeah. The second they get on that stupid plane, they're in that dumb hangar and Katana shows up and does nothing for the rest of the movie, which is an embarrassment to that awesome character that DC yeah, has in their back right. pocket. Oh, yeah, Katana's here too. She doesn't get the cool character intro that the rest of you. Yeah. Yeah, or do anything, and it just <laughs> oh, it's bad. And she oh, it's bad. But the second they get on that plane to go do the Suicide Squad movie in the 2016 David Ayer. The second that plane is there, that movie is fucked. And in the Black Widow movie, it's fairly decent going on. It, it's James Bond-esque in the way they, they they play the movie where it's like we're That's super totally. spies and we're running around and there's gadgets and there's femme fatales and all this cool shit's happening. Except the women are mostly getting to do uh, the cool shit throughout the movie. Yeah, and they have their down moments where they talk about like the themes and, you know, is this right or wrong? We have a moral obligation. Yeah, oh, that was bad. And and but, but the second they are like, oh, there's a sky fortress that no one's been able to locate for like 20 years or whatever the fuck the second they go up into space and they reveal that there's a sky fortress this movie is fucked absolutely fucked and none of it makes sense going forward from that point on and it's all just like hey let's have a cool set piece in the sky and i'm like while i understand the temptation to do that it 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 just it makes absolutely no sense it's too far of a stretch, and I understand you gotta have you gotta have you, you know you gotta throw away and have have some fucking leniency in these comic book movies, but you know yeah, there's it's, gotta it's be some fucking logic too. It's the same thing. Yeah, and it's 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 oh, it was dreadful. And and uh, the bad guy. Let's go into. Ta- I want to go right into Taskmaster <laughs> and how badly they fucked up Taskmaster. So here's what I thought was gonna happen, and to me, this is this is where it's bad, where I should not be able to write, because I'm not a writer, and I'm terrible at it. And I should not be able to, in my head, write a a better ending than, or, or, or a somewhat more cohesive ending than they did. So Taskmaster, we all knew was going to be a female, right? Just reading the tea leaves, we all knew that when Taskmaster finally got revealed that it was going to be a female behind the... Um, behind the mask and and fine i was all for that and they set it up where black widow before she left the the black widow program to join the avengers and whatnot in order to prove her loyalty she had to kill and join shield she had to kill the bad guy of the movie that was played by ray winstone who was fine, whatever. It just wasn't a good character, and he was just over the top. He did fine with what he was given. Yeah, no, I, nobody could have made that sing. It was bad. Di- it was over the top dialogue. He was generic white guy, like evil white guy who abuses women. It, it was. It was just. They were like, let's not put too much effort into writing this bad guy. So here's where I thought this was going to go. So they like they have the point where they set it up where B- Black Widow has to take him out and she's got a bomb in his office and the only way she can be sure 
that she blow that that he'll be in the offices when his like eight year old daughter is there or whatever the fuck. So yeah, yeah. As she's... soon as you can see through the window that the eight year old daughter is talking yeah. to somebody, that she knows yeah. that, that somebody she, is him. She knows that he's there and she can take him out. And she blows up the office and and you know and she has that hesitation where she's like, I'm giving up my soul here to get out because I'm going to murder this innocent eight year old. Yeah, exactly. She did the old I shot a kid thing. But that's a great callback by you from from Die Hard. But she did that. So shout out to Sergeant Al Pal. Um, and so she does. So ultimately, she has that moment of hesitation in the flashback, but she does it, blows it up, and then she's explaining this to her her sister, played by Florence Pugh, that. Like, here we go. And, like, that's in, like, in order to get out, I had to give up my soul. And that's when I knew I'd never love again and that whole thing. And it was like, okay. And it's like, okay, that's fine. We're building up to it. That's great. What I thought was going to happen, because, like, the second they blew up the room, I was like, okay, the child's not dead. The child is the taskmaster, right? And the taskmaster, (laughs) the taskmaster, that was so... Telegraphed, <laughs> but I was fine with it because I'm like I'm fine with it being telegraphed because that's good storytelling. What I thought yeah, was going to happen it's was Bond. It's a revenge story, right? Yeah, exactly. And what I thought was going to happen was the Taskmaster was going to be re- revealed to be uh, I believe the kid's name was Antonia, and then Olga Kurilenko um, takes off the mat. Like so, they take off the mask, and it's going to be Olga Kurilenko, and she's going to be like. When she gets there, because she still thinks that, like, Drakoff is still... She finds some information that Drakoff is still alive or whatever. And then it turns out she didn't kill anybody because Antonia is alive. <laughs> cause, and she is the Taskmaster. But Drakoff is also still alive. And he's basically controlling her with, like, poison ivy pheromone powers or something like that. They, they never... They, he basically yeah, brainwashed sort of them. And then, yeah. yeah, basically You're brainwashed yeah, these. And But to me... I was like, this would be so much better if Drakoff was actually dead and Antonio, as a nine-year-old girl, picked up her father's work and continued it in revenge against oh, the Black Widow. Yeah. And Antonio was, was going to like take off the mask and Olga Klerolinko was going to be the one doing the cool bad guy speeches. And then the Taskmaster was going to be the formidable bad guy of this movie that we all get. And then she just kept the you know the image of Drakov alive to be like I you know that way you know my father's memory would come back and I would get you and and I just thought that would be so much better and would have given the Taskmaster agency would have given her a reason to be after like it gives her a good reason gives her better reason for fight scenes and stuff and you and, know and what, actually if, if I could just interrupt quickly. yeah. Um, when you say that it's like, oh, it's this poison ivy, like uh, mind control pheromones, it made me think this is uh, this Taskmaster is Batman and Robin's bane. Yeah, I was who has who should have their own agency and reduce them to a yeah. speechless yeah attack monster. You came off the top rope because what I was going to do to put, to put a, ta- a a cap on this Taskmaster thing is I was going to come off the top rope myself and say that this version of Taskmaster and the MCU is is been and this is just wild and out of left field for the MCU. This version of Taskmaster that they presented in Black Widow to me is the worst depiction of a character since the Batman and Robin version of Bane. In a comic book movie. Now, I'm probably, I'm perhaps, like, I just, I, like, it's so similar to me in terms of they just reduce this to a mindless, like, and I do nothing, and I just, and, like, Taskmaster is a badass in the comic books, too, right? Like, he, like, I, and I have no problem with it being a woman. I'm fine with that. But I was just like, why is ta- like Taskmaster mindless, uh, not mindless, but like a, a speechless attack monster is is yeah. a disservice to a character that could have been really interesting. Yeah, especially and, like as you're saying, like the the idea that um, you know the Taskmaster is the one who's secretly in control of like the Red Room organization, like that. Yeah, is such a better twist to me. <laughs> it's so much better than generic white guy who like generic old white guy who like is literally punching Scarlett Johansson in the face at the end of the movie and being like, you know, look at me, I steal little girls and I punch them in the face because I'm so cool and tough and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, God, that was bad. And just so lazy and generic. The whole movie, honestly, the whole movie reeked of just, 
of just I, the, the the people of the uh, the MCU kind of phoning this one in and just being like, all right, we got to fart out this Black Widow movie just because everybody kind of wants it, and and you know we 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 got to get another female led superhero movie out there, and it just to me it just this one fell so flat. The third act is trash. The fight scenes in the third act are even for a superhero movie they're fucking comically bad and improbable, <clears throat> and um. Yeah, my, my issues with that third act, and I'll, I'll take over ranting here for a while if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> my issues with the third act, and it happened in three different ways, is that um, they really do not give us any stakes for this movie. Yeah, um, which is tough. Which, in in their defense, is tough for a character who we know is already dead in a different that, that's, movie. That's the main point. That's yeah. the main point. It's a character that we already know is dead and survives past the end of this movie. We know that Florence Pugh survives. Uh, Yelena survives past the end of this movie because they're clearly building her up to uh, be a going concern in the MCU. You might think that there are stakes for like uh, Melina or Alexi. Um, you know, it's it's totally reasonable that you know the Red Guardian could have died in this movie. You know, there would have been like mm-hmm. a little, you know, knife twist, but, you know, didn't happen. So whatever. Um, there's that. There's the stakes of like, hey, we know what's going to happen, you know, five years, you know, in canon, I guess like almost 10 years in canon after this. Um, and, and you know, the, the Scarlett Johansson is going to be a going concern. So we know that it's not going to be a problem. Um, you know, she's not going to be disfigured or, or have a huge character thing because this is the most recent thing she's in and they're trying to backwards character character develop her. So that's issue number one. Issue number two is that they tell us that, you know, if this guy controls all these widows all over the planet and he literally mind controls them, then he could really do anything he wants and basically control all the politics of the world. We never get an example of that. So it doesn't matter that they say it at the end because it never is a concern. If there was something like, Oh, I pushed a button like halfway through the movie in act two. And as a result, like, you know, you see a world leader get assassinated. Like not only does that have implications for the rest of the MCU going forward, like when King T'Chaka died in civil war, um, it builds up the stakes for the individual movie. Cause now we know what a problem this could be because, you know, this is merely a, 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 a small amount of the power that I wield. And, oh, man, now we understand why this villain is such a scary guy. And, and you know, the fact that he's, like uh, like you said, a doughy white guy in a floating city, <laughs> you know, also doesn't really make us uh, fear him. And the third issue with stakes is that they Ocean's Eleven, the third act. <laughs> yeah. For every issue that they get into, it's like, oh, well, we already know that, and we've already solved for it, so don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, like, time th- it's like, oh, he's going to control you too, uh, you know, um, Natasha. But, you know, oh, shit, what a, what a problem. Like, we as the audience are both supposed to be like, oh, I didn't th- figure that out. But the characters knew that. And then they flash back to how they had already discussed it and what she can do to fix it. And she headbutts the table and, you know, severs that nerve in her nose or whatever it was. And, and uh, then it's fine. And mm-hmm. that happens like two or three times where they're like, okay, well, here's how we're going to get out. And here's how we're going to get in. And here's how you're going to break his control. And here's how you're going to take control of his uh, system and all that. And it's like, oh, okay. So in canon, you know, for us as the viewers, we're like, maybe there's some tension. But because the stakes haven't been laid out and, properly and because the characters have already, you know, prepared in advance to fix the issues that do come up, like, it just turns out that none of it mattered. <laughs> So yeah. those are my primary concerns with this, with that third act is it's like, okay, well not only did none of it matter at the beginning, but we never even knew what the real problem was or had a good example of, of why it would be a problem. It's just all idle threats. And I think we see like one widow die, but it's not like we see like a, uh, you know, a big sweeping attack that is orchestrated by the red room because he has this control. Like all we see is individual, like one-on-one fights, between you know people he's controlling and people that he's not and that's just not enough for stakes that are apparently worldwide yeah and we also say the black widows throughout the movie getting their asses constantly kicked by other like former black widows and stuff yeah. too like like none of them actually they don't There's seem that threatening biography in this movie yeah and it's not all garbage i'm not saying that by any no way. there are things to enjoy like but and, and that there are even like the the first um 
fight scene with uh, her on the bridge with the Taskmaster, I thought was pretty well done. Yes, that uh, that was that to me was the highlight of the movie because yeah, like they they got the Taskmaster right in that scene because it shows him do like the Black Panther flip. It shows him throw a like f- a fake version. Well, sh- yeah, it's her. I should keep saying it shows her throwing like throwing a a her version of the Captain America shield and then catching it and doing the Captain America flip thing. And you're like, okay, this is what the Taskmaster does in the comic books is he watches how you shot where they both do like the three point landing and then like look up at each other. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, he watches how you fight. He downloads it to his memory. And then now he knows how to fight the same way you have in, in, because he has that muscle memory. That's part of his character in the comic book. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then the rest of the movie, it was, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the rest of the movie is, oh God. Yeah. So it's just bad villain. Waiting for it. I was just waiting for them to say like, oh, it's like stolen Stark tech. And I'm like, oh God, a drink of Stark tech. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's bad. But it was, it's, it's just like, man, the, uh, it's a bad third act. It's a bad villain. Taskmaster is a disgrace. The the, the set pieces were in the in the in the in the third act were just abhorrent and over the top and and the 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 a lot of the fight sequences and like that when they were flying through the sky and stuff like that. I was like, come on, this is like, this is over the top even mm-hmm. for because like it's supposed to be. Another boots on the ground one, right? And in 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 the boots on the ground one, you can't have like black widow flying around in 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 the air and and like just come on keep it i don't know it, it's, it's a it's, it's a really really bad third act of a movie it, that's that's all it is and it's tricky the f- because there's always that escalation because it's yeah. based on like comics and stuff like that like mm-hmm. you can do boots on the ground but it's never like like there's a version of it where it's like uh daredevil for example mm-hmm. uh, where it's literally just like guys fighting and they're get their shit kicked out of them even if they win the fight and then they're like injured for the next three episodes or whatever like it's gritty and realistic and it's it but when you have it in like a movie or in the mcu there's always that comic book twist where it becomes like a uh in the best of terms um uh like uh captain america and the winter soldier uh which felt very much to me like metal gear solid 2 where it's like it has that sort of uh I don't want to say like anime vibe to it, but it's like it, it gets its boots on the ground until it's like this world, um, world threatening sort of uh, threat. Um, and, and that happened in the final act of um, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, but they built to it. It wasn't like, oh, third act started. Guess what? There's these flying, <laughs> this flying city that, you know, where the bad guy lives. <laughs> like it, it felt like the last act of a, like a PS2 game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like they kept referencing Moonraker too, right? So that was their big that yeah. that was their big Moonraker thing is the the fortress in the sky because James Bond went into space a couple of times, right? And, and but it was still just like yeah, and those were I think widely regarded to be the worst James Bond. <laughs> yeah, like Moonraker, Moonraker I like, but I like it for the camp value, not because although I've said this for years, the dirty little secret about the James Bond franchise is that all of the James Bond movies are bad. <laughs> like that's that's the dirty little secret about the James Bond. Franchise franchise but argument for me but yeah but we but we love james bond for 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 what it is right yeah yeah and just like this i just you know i had to stop myself on twitter on twitter from like because the people who like this movie i don't want to yuck their yum or anything like that because if no, you enjoyed and, this and, movie like good say, on you things to enjoy but we're, we're obviously focusing on the things that yeah we're, we're gonna get into what we liked for sure because because if you if you you could be watching the shittiest movie of all time if you can't find one thing you like about the shittiest movie of all time you're generally just a miserable fucking person is 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 what i'll say so there is stuff to like in this movie it's just it's it's not a overall not a good movie in the mcu rank it's bottom tier for me it's a horrible third act um the only thing i could not abide by and i had to stop myself from responding to people on twitter about was um comparing this to being as good as because the natural comparison for this is to compare it to the other boots on the ground or, or the last true kind of boots on the ground uh, MCU movie we got, which was um, arguably the best movie of all time, or the, the best movie in the MCU feature and one of the best comic book movies of all time, The Winter Soldier, yeah. ca- uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. So the natural inclination 
um, if you like this movie, is to compare it to uh, Winter Soldier and say, oh man, it's been it's the best movie since Winter Soldier and stuff. And I'm like, this movie is not even close to the tier level that fucking Winter Soldier is <laughs> yeah, on. This is no, this get is that a movie out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, keep that movie out of your out, out of your out of your talk in there. It's just not good. Um, so. Bottom tier Marvel movie for me. So now that we've finished talking about what we didn't like about the movie, let's talk about what we liked. Um, I would say my, the my favorite part of the movie. I mean, the two bright spots for me in this movie are um, Florence Pugh yep. as Yelena Belova, uh, who will be the the Black Widow most likely going forward in the MCU. She was a delight. She was charming. The scenes where it was just her and Scarlett Johansson talking, I yeah, think, are out. the best. I Just hanging out and talking, I think, are the best scenes in the movie. Except for when they, I don't know, like, when they MCU up the dialogue, I'm fine if they do it once. Just don't do it every fucking time you try to have a, a serious conversation. Like, they do it every time. Like, any time in the... Uh, the, the, what it made me think of, and I know exactly what you mean, like, uh, here's a character who always has to have, like, a quip whenever they're in a scene, right? Yeah. The, the, what it made me think of is um, uh, Poe Dameron in the new Star Wars movies. Yeah. Who, I, what, that's an odd, Poe Dameron's an awful character. I don't, I was like, like any time that there's, like, a character, like, threatening his life, he's just being real, like, smug and smarmy about it. It's like, all right, dude, maybe be a little serious for once. Yeah, because, like, I like, can't, you're like, like... one of, like, seven people left in this rebellion. Like, maybe time to take it a little seriously, huh? Yeah, and, and oh, just the... And I, I don't think... And, and, and I mean, like, you, we're right. Like, we're talking about Florence Pugh's uh, portrayal of Yelena, and there's a lot of charm involved in it, but, like, you don't need to make callbacks to jokes you made earlier when there's no one around to hear them except the audience. <laughs> yeah, it, but, know? like... Yeah, like that was like I was fine with that actually, with them making fun of the because we just, we mentioned it earlier about how overly sexualized she was the the Black Widow the character landing, was yeah. in the first one with the three point landing and the hair flip, and then they called to it, and then she was like, "Why do you always do the hair flip?" And it's like, no, like That's we have footage of her, like the world has footage of her doing this hair flip thing. It's like she did it in the in a, and it was just like, and it's like. That I was fine with, but when, like, they were sitting in the car talking and having, like, a real conversation, yeah. and then she's like, do you like my jacket? It's got so many pockets. And I'm like, What's what are we doing here? This is completely unnecessary. <laughs> like, well, and, and that was 100%, like, uh, anytime you get, like, a, a genre movie prequel now, yeah. where it's like, you know, but I never saw it, but it was what I was, um, the joke that I was hearing about, like, the uh, the Solo movie. Where it's mm-hmm. like, we need to have, like, a, you know, this is a Han Solo prequel movie, so we have to explain how we got literally everything. Yeah, here's how we got the dice on the front of the Millennium Falcon. Here's yeah, how, exactly. like, he got his last name, which was never a question anybody asked ever in a million years. And Star yeah, Wars yeah. fans ask about everything, right? Like, And so it's very much like that. Oh, you remember the vest that, uh, that um, uh, Natasha was wearing in uh, Infinity War. Remember how she had blonde hair? Well, here's uh, here's why. Yeah. <laughs> really pay attention to this vest because it's going to yeah. be close eventually. And the vest is such a strong choice, you know, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> you, 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 like, when you wear a vest, you are making a conscious choice to wear a vest, right? Like, because you've put a shirt on already mm-hmm. and then you're adding a vest, right? So yep. it's just like, what a choice a vest is. Most it's a hat times, on a hat. Right? It's, uh, exactly. It's peacocking. like, what are you... What are, you're, yeah, you're trying to peacock. It's like, what are you doing? Um, that said... I mean, it's a similar genre, but it's always like, okay, go get your stupid fucking robe. <laughs> yeah, that that like that said, she was delightful. I'm, I'm excited to see her going. Did, you ever, did I ever tell you about... Because in real life... Um, Florence Pugh's dating Zach Braff, right? Um, yeah. Who you and I have loved yeah, for many, many years. Last time we were did I? Oh, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw, say it for everybody on the podcast, though, just for, for funsies. Uh, even though I said this off mic, told you the story off mic already. But um, you know, I've loved Zach Braff for years, uh, especially in Scrubs. We're both massive Scrubs fans. We've watched yep. the series like through many, many a time. Uh, and so when they started doing the fake doctors, real friends podcast, uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison, who I both love, 
Um, that's a, I, I've listened to every episode of that podcast. They did one live episode to raise money for charity in the middle of COVID. So it was a, you know, remote live episode and Florence Pugh was on it. And Florence Pugh goes, I'm going to show you how to make a, uh, show you how to make a vodka martini Florence Pugh style. And she literally just pour, poured vodka into a chilled martini glass and threw some olives in there and was like, cheers, vodka martini Florence Pugh style. And I was just laughing my ass off and I was like good for you Florence Pugh it was, it was a real like you know celebrities they're just like us moment right she, you know? she has a little bit of that like Aubrey Plaza energy a little, little bit yeah she's she's good she's a delight I love her I wish her nothing but the best going forward in in these MCU movies um I thought that the, the the jacket dialogue was weird and unnecessary and didn't need to be explained I also I, I wasn't a fan of the like joking about a hysterectomy thing i was just like that's a weird move to make in the mcu movie which is for her to make a quip about having a hysterectomy and i'm like i'm gonna have to explain that to my daughter and when she's like eight and chewing through these movies you know i'm like like what are you doing here and then she's just like oh yeah they went in there and they tore everything out and i'm like what the i'm like what is happening it's It's not you don't be glib about a forced hysterectomy yeah, yeah. It's real glib to have a two-minute conversation about how you don't get periods no more. Ha ha! Isn't that funny? Yeah, the, yeah. The, I was <laughs> I, I violated. <laughs> I was insanely violated against my will and have and have had a forced hysterectomy, and then Marvel's just like, let's make a joke. Let's make a like. So quipping is like like. There's literally nothing you won't quip about. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. And, and, like, then to, and then make it a period joke of all things too. Yeah. Good like, lord. It, it, it brings back to, and this is still a moment that when I rewatch it, I, I'm like, MCU, you, you fucked up on that one. Yeah. In, in the first Avengers movie, when uh, uh, Thor is like, you know, hold your tongue. He may be he may be a villain, but he's still a prince of Asgard. And they're like, oh, he killed this many people. He's adopted. Like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People have made the callback on that, being like, you shouldn't have said that. And. <laughs> And and Marvel's been like, yeah, it was funny at the time. It's not funny anymore. Sorry, apologies. We'd go back and cut it, but you know why. Um, but yeah, she was, a, she was a bright spot for sure. She um, an insane bright spot. A lot of fun and got to do a lot of cool shit. Excited to see her going forward. David Harbor, I think saved this movie for me. Even though again, American Pie is a terrible song that is far too long. Um, Every time he was on screen, I was like, "Yes, more of this guy, please." Yeah, he 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 was a lot of fun. I I think to me the two strongest sequences in the movie for me were the prison escape scene when they break him out, which pretty much marks like the halfway point of the film. When they break yeah. him out of that prison, I think that that is one of the stronger action sequences and set pieces. Even though they horribly murder everyone in the prison in just insanely cruel fashion by burying, I think at least. Four or five hundred people, some of which were just like innocent dudes trying to make like they're like, you know, caseworkers and stuff. I guess yeah, like yeah. they they weren't all violent criminals. The but like uh, Florence well, Pugh and Scarlett Johansson came thing, out, right? and, yeah, buried <laughs> them all under like a million people on it. A lot of people who just like work there, like they weren't evil empire people. They were like contractors. <laughs> True, but it's like I mean, you know, the Death Star you can kind of put it off to the side, and this you actually see the. <laughs> guys who are just like and i realize that we all kind of hate cops and stuff now but at the same time it was like eh, i'm not sure if burying the entire place in an avalanche was like to set florence Pugh up for the this would be a cool way to die line yeah. was pro- was probably uh you know but whatever that's moving on but that that this is was a really David cool Harbour, sequence. from what he was in this movie and he obviously wasn't the spotlight or even like the no. second uh lead or anything like that but um it was very much like what i would have liked uh mickey rourke's whiplash to be <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah well we all wanted him to be uh omega red but uh, that just was not in uh, the cards because i don't think they even own the records i think omega red was technically in x-men property so f- i think fox uh, okay. at the time owned omega red but uh you know Plenty of time for Omega Red, maybe. Yeah, assuming he's a character you can even do anymore. <laughs> I'm not exactly <laughs> sure if the Soviet powerhouse is uh, is is even technically relevant anymore these days. Uh, that and the opening the opening chase sequence I thought was really really good. Um, when 
uh, David Harbour was like hanging from the plane, shooting things with the rifle, oh, yeah. and and they're trying to get the plane off the ground, and the and the the, the young girls were, which leads me, and I'll try to make this my last negative thing. I when the the opening sequence gave me, I was like, okay, this is going to be a good movie, and then when we got to the opening credit sequence, I was like, okay, now I'm a little bit worried, and I just. For if anyone from Hollywood is 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 listening, and maybe this is just a millennial thing for people from our generation because we're technically millennials, Kev. Yeah, but yeah. just don't use Nirvana songs in movies. Oh. Just don't do it. It takes you right out of like you cannot. No, <laughs> you cannot. It it takes me right out of anything when you when you when you put Nirvana songs and especially when you remix Nirvana songs, especially the most beloved Nirvana song of all time. Not to say that it was a bad um cover because it wasn't. It just if when you try to do that with Nirvana songs specifically, it to me it takes me right out of the film. I'm very much aware that I'm watching a movie whenever stuff like that happens, and that's just it's just you shouldn't do it. And those that band is just those songs never work in sequences in movies. I've never seen a good use of a Nirvana song in a movie. It's it's just you should not just Nirvana songs specifically should just be off limits for for Hollywood um, sequences. They just should be. It just doesn't work. And it takes me right out of the movies every time. And maybe that's just me. Maybe it's just people in our age bracket from the generation where it's just like those songs just hit too hard, I think, um, to put them in movies like like that. Like, you know, timing of the sequence, because like I got the impression that, um, you know, between the beginning of the movie, like the the flashback, basically, and uh, like the credits which roll through like here's what happened in the intervening 20 years and it, yeah and it's a beautifully shot sequence too yeah. absolutely gorgeous yeah for sure and and like um it it to me was like yeah i really appreciate this sort of like here's what happened in between like over the credits uh it, it not as successful in my mind as like the uh watchman credits which is the best part of that fucking movie <laughs> yeah um but uh you know, it was, it was probably fun, the best thing Zack Snyder's time, ever done. But, um, yeah, you're right. The music did take me out of it a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh man. Uh, yeah, I just I get, it. but yeah, David Harbour was a lot of fun. He was yeah. charming and when he put his in super deep cover because the way he was behaving at, in that flashback is not at all the way he was behaving in the remainder of the movie. No, yeah, and he had the he had the character. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have the regular accent. I thought him and Rachel Weiss had a had a lot of had a ton of chemistry. Um, oh, I would say I would say the thing that this movie made me like did for me more than anything was watching Rachel Weiss made me want to go back and revisit the the Mummy franchise with her and Brendan oh, yeah. Fraser. Rewatched yep. the first two because the first two of those I remember being a delight, and then the third one where they were fighting Jet Li for whatever reason I remember being. Quite the first terrible. One's the only one I've seen, and I would definitely watch that again. <laughs> the second one's got a lot of fu- a lot of fun stuff in it. I-, I remember really liking the second one. The only thing is the the, the final fight in that one for some reason. They, yeah, I'm sure you've seen clips of this, but they badly CGI'd the rock onto his scorpion oh, body for that's, that's right. for some reason, and it was dreadful. And it was like, why would you do that? Just have the rock come out as the rock because he's still like. Like, like, have him come out as zombie rock. Because if he comes out as zombie rock with a sword, you're still going to be like, holy crap, this guy's going to kill Brendan Fraser because he's still the fucking rock, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but for some reason, they badly CGI'd his torso onto a scorpion body, and it was just like, this is terrible, right? Like, Why would you nobody, do Yeah, nobody liked that. So, yeah, I don't know. They should have just pumped him up to make... They should have just shot him with force perspective to make him look even bigger and taller than he already is because, you know, he's the rock. He's, like, fucking 6'5", and... <laughs> And, like, I mean, he wasn't quite... Like, he's even bigger now, for God's sake, right? But, like, he's still the fucking rock back then, right? So, would have been fine. But anyway, um, her character with... Uh, Rachel Weisz's character in this one... Eh, I could I could take it or leave it. I thought she was fun, but um, they did the thing... They, they did the thing that upsets me a lot of the times in the Mission Impossible movies, where... When you're double, triple, quadruple crossing everybody so that nobody knows what side you're on, it yeah. tends to be like, okay, I don't, how am I supposed to feel about this person? Because well, yeah, I, how can you uh, trust anything that you've seen in the movie up to this point? 
Yeah, it's, it's and, the sort of it's the sort of thing, and uh, there are a lot of um, like mystery movies and stuff like that, like that do it a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. So the example that I'll use, and I'm sure there are better examples, but what I will say is, um, like the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. If you're pe- like, what they will do is basically solve the mystery at the end of the movie. Uh, and they'll monologue about how they figured it out and so on, but they'll flash back to, like, clips of, like, here's what you saw earlier in this movie, and you're like, yeah, I guess if I was a super genius, I could put it together. Like, the clues are there for you to at least kind of get it, <laughs> but when you're when you're sort of monologuing about how you solved a, a problem and there's no reason, no way that we would have known any of that going in. It just feels cheap and it makes you feel stupid rather than, Oh yeah, I saw that too. Now I feel smart. Mm. Like there's a way to present a mystery that makes your audience feel smart for having watched it with the hero. And there's a way to do a mystery where you feel stupid because the solution is not anything you would have ever figured out because it's privileged information that that character holds. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was it was difficult for me. I, I liked, like you said, the portrayal that or the um, the chemistry that David Harbour and Rachel Weisz had, um, but because she wasn't involved in any of like the big cool set pieces that we liked in this movie, like she was, you know, in that first scene, which was fine. And then, uh, but she wasn't in like the prison break scene. She was in the scenes where, um, you know, she was explaining things about the shitty third act, like, you know, Hey, let's flash back to when her and, uh, Scarlett Johansson were having this conversation, but we never actually saw this conversation. So how the hell would we know that this was going to be happening in the third act? Um, so that makes you feel like, okay, well, I, like as much as I've already talked about having issues with that, like she was basically the character at the center of it. So unfortunately I'm going to blame that character for that set piece. Um, and also the scene where they were all like at her place and, uh, they were just like sitting around having lunch for 20 minutes. Like, that yeah long that was yeah that scene's a bit long and like and and there's a lot of weird stuff going on in that scene too because florence Pugh's trying to put in some good moments there where she talks about like you know like all everything we had in those three years where we were pretending that's you know all i like that fake life is all i've had to hold on to that dialogue was good but it's like undercut by the fact that like rachel weiss is like torturing a pig in the middle of the scene and it's like what is happening like are are we supposed to be rooting for any of these people (laughs) like they're just like this woman is sitting there asphyxiating a pig and we're like and and it's like what are you doing and she's like oh yeah he would have been like fine for 20 more seconds without brain damage and it's like what and like the rest of them are just sitting there letting this happen and and it's like are we like god like i don't know and when when to me too like i'm mind controlling all these women across the planet that have been abused they're similar to this pig yeah and (laughs) it's just yeah that was a that was a uh, yeah that but like that scene had some good some good stuff and some bad stuff like when um david harbour went into the when he's like i went in to have the one-on-one with her and then she was like, you don't remember anything about our life and nothing. And then he starts singing an arguably terrible song. But it was a, um, you know, it was a good moment when he started singing yeah, American cute. Pie to remember. It was cute. It was a moment. Even though, again, yeah. American Pie it, is it trash and a way too long song. of a sequence because it was like, okay, here's the four of them all together again. That's, you know, okay, we need to have that moment. Sure. They're all sitting at the table together. Oh, no, look, they're all sitting at the same spots at the table as they were 20 years ago. That's that's cute, too. Um, and then, like, okay, well, they're all going to have a conversation together. There's going to be this pig sequence for some goddamn reason. Yeah. Um, and then uh, let's all break up for 10 more minutes, and we'll have a few more scenes where it's like, okay, now it's going to be David Harbour and Florence Pugh 101. It's going to be... Uh, Rachel Weiss and Scott Johansson one-on-one, and then we're going to have Scarlett and David, and then it's like, okay, oh, we get it. <laughs> They're all having their individual moments together. Mm-hmm. And they brought back that face thing technology, which to me, I, that was the only thing in Falcon and Winter Soldier that I hated because they never like introduced it at any point in the movie, and then all of a sudden at the end they just had this face swap, this like digital face-swapping technology that they literally could have used at any point throughout yep. the movie. Yep. And it then just... It just... 
We're gonna do. Yeah. A, uh, we're gonna. That's the one weak link in Falcon and Winter Soldier for me. Yeah, is that they just pull? Is that out of nowhere they just pull this like digital face swap thing out of like this computerized fucking <laughs> chameleon move out of their butts? Um, yeah, that's that's the one weak weak link in the Winter Soldier movie for me. Uh, and then they used it again in this one, and I was just like, Ugh. but at least at this in this one, it, it didn't like they didn't get away with using it. You know, it was just like the guy immediately recognized. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. this is this is Scarlett Johansson, and she has to beat him some other kind of way. So that was like one part of the third act that I did kind of like. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, it's just like. Some cool set pieces, some cool chase sequences on on bikes and in cars and stuff with uh, a lot of women running around shooting at things and doing yep. cool crap. It, it was weird words. that, yeah, it was weird that oh the fight sequence that um honestly the best uh, the, like the fight sequence Florence Pugh and Scarlett Johansson have in that tiny uh, apartment building. Oh yeah. Um, that was a highlight of the film for me. That was that was so well choreographed and and yeah and and it's fun to watch. Surprised to me that that was like two thirds of the trailer. <laughs> yeah for sure the huh, yeah i don't know but you know there's there's some good stuff in there david harbour is a lot of fun florence Pugh's a lot of fun and and I there's forward to seeing them both again like, yeah cool cool action pieces like, um they really made at the beginning of the movie four of stranger things <laughs> yeah but but just like a a really bad third act and and some some sloggy sloggy scenes there in the middle that i i i didn't under i just didn't understand i did i didn't understand uh uh why they why they made a couple of decisions so all, all in all i think like like i said just a just a bottom tier marvel movie for me i was i was not on board for this one and, and can't <laughs> Can't yeah, rare miss for me for sure. Rare miss in the in the new era of uh, in in the new era of Marvel movies. But it's okay to have uh, kind of a stinker every once in a while, especially because I think Shang Chi is going to be really fucking good. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm so prepared for Shang Chi. <laughs> I'm like, give me a hook into my veins, please. Um, in fact, we got our good Canadian boy Sam Liu in in uh, yeah, with at the helm of that one. About the character or much about the like kung fu genre, even I am looking forward to that movie because the trailer is yeah. bad. I well, what like just what they got so wrong with Iron Fist? They, I'm just hoping they get it that much right with uh with with Shang Chi. Um. Another good thing is the end credit scene to this one was fun. Um, set us up for uh, like to me the end credits one was 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 the best part because it set up uh, and this is this end credit sequence I'm assuming is the only reason why the initial slate was Falcon and Winter Soldier first then Black Widow yeah, yeah. was so that we could get um, uh, Julie Weed Dreyfus showing up as uh, Valentina Allegra again to uh, recruit. Uh, Fl- uh, Florence Pugh for her like Dark Avengers team that she's kind of assembling, yep. or uh, if if you'll if you'll take a uh, a Venture Brothers uh, <laughs> named the Revengers <laughs> like, <laughs> or the Revenge Society or whatever it was, but yeah, like was for her to show up and basically say that uh, Hawkeye was uh, responsible for your sister's death, which you know, not really that big of a lie. <laughs> like, but a lie nonetheless, and uh, it's, it's a half, that? it's a half truth. But yeah, I don't think she does. I think she's just like, hey, if I say this, she'll believe it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're they're doing that sort of a thing, uh, and that takes us right into uh, we would think the Hawkeye, uh, the Hawkeye movie. Yeah, yeah. But those having the sort of uh, the the good vibes that you get from like the end of WandaVision, where it's like, oh, this character's gonna go off to like Ant Man and Quantumania, and this character's gonna go off to like the uh, the Marvels or Miss Marvel or mm-hmm. uh, you know whatever the next Captain Marvel issue is, or uh, you know we have a lot of characters going a lot of different directions at the end of like WandaVision, for example. Um, or even the end of like Loki, um, you you kind of see how it could ripple through the MCU, and this is like, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to Hawkeye. Yeah, I, I remember that. <laughs> I remember yeah. that was happening. Yeah, it's, it's a lot like when Ma- <laughs> yeah, it's a lot like when Matt Stafford my, got drafted to my beloved Detroit Lions. It's like, congratulations, you're heading to Detroit, Matt. <laughs> it's like, oh no. <laughs> oh damn. Like, like, congratulations, you're headed to the Hawkeye series. You're, you're going from the movies down to the Hawkeye show. <laughs> it's like, all right. Uh, 
just yeah, as long as you're cutting the checks, though, right? Uh, with the track record that uh, Marvel and Disney Plus have had with their shows so far, I am looking forward to that. Uh, I yeah. to expect out of it, but I mean, I haven't been disappointed so far. <laughs> I I would I would say my hope for that show is that. I hope the focus is more on Kate Bishop than oh, 100% on, right. You know, like yeah. that's, that's what we all were. I think we're all, I think we've all got our fingers crossed that oh, <laughs> before the end of that show, that Kate Bishop will be the, uh, <laughs> will be the focus of that show oh, and not Clint Barton. Right. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's, uh, I think, I think we're all hoping that that's the, that that's the scenario uh, for, for everything, everything that Hawkeye in that series, we, we we start off with Jeremy Renner and then we slowly push him off to the side. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, not much else to talk about this movie. I mean, I kind of said I I basically just said everything I wanted to say about how the third act of this movie was not really bad. Somebody I remember, I can't remember somebody made the joke. It might have been Honest Trailers. Or, uh, I don't know, I can't remember, I, I can't remember if it was Honest Trailers or just somebody on fucking Twitter who said the most violent act in this entire movie, and keep in mind, this is a movie that, uh, this is a movie that features Scarlett Johansson at one point purposely shattering her own septum, yeah. <laughs> basically, um, and it also saw a grown-ass man physically punching a woman in the face with a broken, you know, with, like, physically trying to shatter a woman's orbital bone while she was tied up. It, it like, yep. the most violent act in this movie was when uh, was when uh, Natasha Romanoff said to Rick Mason, you're a really good friend. <laughs> it was like, oh, you hate to see it happen, right? Like, I got you a helicopter. Yeah, you hate to see it happen, you know. Oh. Oh boy, he just—that's a shame. You shame, you know. You you, you like to, you just you're sitting off to the side. And you're like, oh, take a lap, bud. You know, it's over. Shake it off. Shake it off. It's like, it's all right. Better luck next time. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. As, as OT was playing the old Rick Mason there, just the the guy who gets things right. It's like, ooh, tough break, buddy. What are you gonna do? Uh, any anything else you want to say on Black Widow before we get out of here? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I got yeah, I got nothing else too. As we, uh... I, I don't know that I'll ever come back to this one. I'll say that every once in a while you get the urge to do the old MCU rewatch for you know six months. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And when yeah, when you go through it again, Black Widow will be one of the ones you're like, eh, eh. yeah. I, but I mean, it's to me, it's the same as like I'm in the same boat in this as the as the David Aver Suicide Squad movie, where it's basically half of a good movie and then half of an extremely bad movie and. And I don't get it. The third act is 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 an abhorrent mess, and the rest of it is is a decent amount of fun with some some woes uh, in there. Like it's not an an, an out and out piece of shit, but in terms of the MCU, not a great effort. Bottom yeah. tier for me. Bottom tier for me for no, sure. And then it might have been better if it would came out earlier because I just think that the MCU has been on fire lately and mm-hmm. going directly from like the fifth episode of Loki, mm-hmm. which was one of my favorite, <laughs> to to this two days later just felt like oh oh yeah massive step back. Yeah, and everybody, a lot of people, and let's be honest, I think a lot of the praise for this movie just came from the fact that uh, a lot of, yeah, a lot of a lot of comic Twitter was just thirsty for a new MCU movie, right? Like, we got a couple of, we got a couple of, we got a couple of short series that whet our appetite a little. And keep in mind, we hadn't had that sixth episode, based on what you, you're telling me, we had not had the Loki season finale, so the television shows had not yet shown that okay they're gonna have huge stakes as far as the movies go right like we yeah we because we'd been given the old rope-a-dope on that right so the shows hadn't really so this was the first movie where it was like okay this movie could have massive implications going forward into season and is the debut of phase four this is big and then i think people watched and i think they were so thirsty after a a nearly two-year hiatus from the movies that they, I, I think it was a little bit like the old Eddie Murphy thing where it's like, if you hadn't been eating in a while and you were given a cracker, you'd be like, damn, that's a good ass cracker. Was that a saltine? You know, <laughs> like, uh, and, and just, I, th- I think there was a little bit of that going on for the, uh, oh, I, I for the Black Widow movie. Part but, of it because yeah. like, there's not a whole lot that is implied by this movie. It's a hundred percent. Like it, it's, 
it's not a hundred percent. It's ninety percent standalone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, they fucked. They fucked up the Taskmaster. <laughs> you know what this, what the fate of most of these characters are, and the fact that um, you know Yelena Belova is going to be a going concern is like the only thing that I could see happening. Like, are we ever going to see David Harbor in an MCU movie? I kind of fucking doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, that'll be it for the Crossover Podcast this week. Crossover Podcast available at thecrossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and iTunes. Uh, please rate and subscribe, five stars only. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, and most podcatchers that are out there. I'm pretty sure you can find us on there and most RRS feeds and whatnot. So uh, uh, wherever you happen to be looking, we're probably available. If not... Shout us an email, and we'll probably try to get on uh, that, too, as long as you're not suggesting we get back on SoundCloud, because uh, I ain't never going <laughs> back to SoundCloud. Uh, yeah, so that'll be it for this week. Uh, next week, I'm hoping that we'll be back to talk about the new Suicide Squad movie, because I know I referenced the David Ayer one a couple of times in this podcast, but we're going to talk about the new Suicide Squad movie, which I have already seen, and I know Rob has already seen, so hopefully we'll be able to very, at the very least, get Rob on to talk about the Suicide Squad next week. Hopefully you can get, uh, catch it in time, because you haven't seen it yet, have you, Kevin, or? No, I haven't. Alright, well, it's hopefully we, weekend, but, ho- yeah. uh, it's a, it's a hell of a weekend. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully you can catch it before we record next week, and then after that um i would say we're gonna make we got some stuff coming up SummerSlam is coming up i'm hoping to get mac back on for SummerSlam, and also football's like four weeks away they started preseason this week so craig and i have got to get back into football mode man like we're gonna be back doing weekly football picks on our podcast as is tradition and then craig and i will likely do our annual one of the fun like most fun podcast of the year is the uh, annual over under win totals football podcast for, for him and I doing that. God, I love that pod. So uh, that'll be um, two or three weeks away for sure. Yep. So uh, it might get into some uh, Marvel. What if as well? That'd be yeah. What if drop? Today. Yeah. What if drop today? I'm actually going to get this uh, episode cut and then I'm going to go watch that. Cause I have not seen that yet. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna, pretty excited. Yeah, watch tomorrow morning before work for me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So let's get out of here so we can go ahead and watch that. Uh, Kevin Miller. Thanks for doing this. Take care everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on the crossover podcast. American pie sucks and it's too long. Take care. Goodbye. Take care.